Um, and he's shit. What? Roman doesn't have to go to the museum. There's not an no. end oh. point where this has to be over in the next like seven minutes. Yeah, because Roman. The museum oh is closed. Oh God! Okay, so now I'm sorry. It's, so now it's it's that like was, war, it's like that was why war. I was pushing yeah. it forward a little bit to get to the end, looking at our clock. Oh. But wait, Roman doesn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Time frame removed. Yeah, he, he doesn't even have to shower anymore. I have a fucking <laughs> sipper. Nope. Yes. Yes. Last <laughs> night, you know, I did the thing where where uh, you shower, and the only reason you shower like in two days is because you have a Zoom meeting. <laughs> right. Nice. <laughs> This thing, Batman in Quarantine, episode number 59. Hold that one off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't know. Last episode I introduced I as I 58. I feel and like we've been in the 50s for a while. We have been. And then I tried to sign off by saying it was 67, just like randomly mm-hmm. nine episodes <laughs> into the future. But um, uh, this is 59. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Episode 59, where we're talking about Batman Incorporated. Issue number five, Grant Morrison, Yannick Paquette. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. I'm Roman. I love playing chicken with Roman on that. <laughs> um, I'm Justin, and my orange juice is fucking pulpy, and I didn't Ooh. know it. Okay, oh. Justin, real quickly. You the pole pound? Is Aaron the pole pound? All right. If we're talking about pulp, I have to bring up a classic Justin childhood story. Absolutely. <laughs> Back in the day, when I was a little child, <clears throat> it's oh. the childhood story. I didn't know what pulp was, and uh, I didn't like pulp. And but so you, I used... you didn't know what it was at all, but you just didn't like the word? No, I just didn't <laughs> like... Well, I'll get to it. This okay. is the, <laughs> the, the pulp of the story. Um, <clears throat> I used to... I don't know if I thought it was worms or that's just what I called it. But I used to ask my mom, like, mom, can I have a glass of orange juice without the worms in it? <laughs> or I'd ask her to take the worms out, which was like, I guess she <laughs> would just pour like non pulp orange juice. But I'd always like, not the kind with the worms in it. And I, ironically, Aaron loves the kind with the worms in it. So now I'm a worm drinking orange juice, man. Yeah. Have, I... uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, I'll have a mimosa, hold the champagne, add pulp. Add worms. <laughs> yeah, hold the mimosa. Add worms. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I'm like pulp neutral. You know, like I don't. I I'm think warming up to it. I think the amount of pulp that an orange produces is appropriate for a glass of orange. But Sam, Sam is like, yeah, okay. So this has some pulp. This has lots of pulp. This has maximum pulp. Is that enough pulp? What is the most pulp? Is Grove Stand more pulp? What's my like? She's like, I would like it mostly worms with a hint of liquid, please. <laughs> That's Aaron wants it warmed up, and you know. I guess I kind of get it now that I know it's not worms. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's not so bad, you know. It's okay. I I, I like no pulp, no worms. Ooh, pulp. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I bet Django is pulp free as well. No way. Oh, pulp if, up, eh? If I have a choice, just, I'll take juice pulp. free. Tips juice up, free. pulps up. <laughs> yep. He just orders pulp. <laughs> I'd like a glass of worms. <laughs> champagne and worms all right so this is what the folks come for listen what's your hot take on champagne Django? do you have a favorite type 
Uh, if it's in orange juice, I don't care what kind it is. Okay. Okay. Brut. Brut. And, and, oh, in, a different, in a different way. We're chasing the worm, boys. We're chasing the worm, <laughs> boys. Um, okay, listen. Batman Incorporated number five. We're at the island where Otto Nets hangs out. Uh, we should have seen him. We maybe saw him. The hood is here. British spy. Spiral. They. That's a that's a thing that I'm sure Roman loves. The organization, the acronym they. I do. The hood works for. <laughs> Called it. And uh, you know some some death, some fights, some success, also some uh, some looming questions, some some not success, some there's elements of maybe the job's not done, and that is Batman Incorporated number five in the broad strokes. But what Ooh. I want is to just ram our heads together, boys. I just got to say, Batman, you left out the most well a significant part. Mm. Batman has a very cool well two very cool jumps in this issue oh that he, second he jumped, jump yeah he jumped good jump yeah, yeah exactly yeah, just yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you knew by your facial expression what the second jump was because yeah, yes I mean, that's the fucking jump man he's a he's doing a chin thing in there roman <laughs> didn't you briefly work for they um i can either confirm or deny that justin okay. every time i ask him any question that's the answer he gets yeah that's funny because he always tells me he can he can only both confirm and deny <laughs> yeah well, you've you got a high, higher clearance level Django. <laughs> damn it similarly how many he, cups of worms do i have to drink to get that answer oh, he I'll, says let you, I'll let you know <laughs> same thing to me justin except for when i ask boxers or briefs and he says neither uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only answer I'm ever able to definitively get from Roman about anything. Yep. <laughs> Free fall. It's, it, it, it saves you having to, you know, do it saves on laundry. It saves oh, I, on, oh, I know yeah. the laundry story. I love the laundry story. <laughs> so this issue starts out right where the previous one ended, which is Batman and El Gaucho about to punch out the, the sombrero de man. Um, the trickster, the man who builds all of the death traps. And He's bad, but I feel bad for him. I do too. He's They're just a guy with a, a guy. broken back and a wheelchair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he should like tried to drown three children or whatever, but that's he looks true. real pathetic when and there's he, two really strong taser boys. Also created that borderline erotic death trap with in, in the black glove Mayhew mystery where like Robin was like oh, holding that oh, bar yeah. up and it was exposing his ribs, which is, we all know the most vulnerable part of a human. He <laughs> created that. Yeah, this is the guy that does all the death traps. So, like, we met him in that black glove thing, yeah. and then in R.I.P. he came back and booby-trapped Wayne Manor, and now he's back with a broken spine. Okay. El Sombrero, right? The sombrero man. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't wear a sombrero. That's true. His card has it, though. He's yeah. in disguise. Maybe he had to give it up at once he was in the chair. You couldn't oh. get it on. <laughs> you, you just because sombreros are, you know, there's something they're heavy. Jolly, there's something jolly about them, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're he, just does, he just doesn't look jolly sitting in his chair. I can't look up. <laughs> my neck's not strong enough. This hat's too big. <laughs> I went too hard on my penitent. <laughs> um, so I don't know exactly how Batman and Al Gaucho knew that they needed like that that Scorpiana was where they needed to go. They're like, we should beat the shit out of Gaucho. And they're like, nah, let's just trace down Scorpiana. I'm not exactly sure in this room how they knew where she was headed, but we have to assume that they do. And we go into our own single page history lesson about Otto Nets, Dr. Daedalus, Nazi doctor extraordinaire. Pretty good four page summary of a character, right? Yeah. 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 I thought it was yeah. a good, good summary introduction. 
I still I, was, I still want some more explanation about his cloak of smoke. I mean, <sighs> is it a mystical thing? What the hell is that? I mostly he, want to know why everybody doesn't draw it exactly the same way that Chris Burnham did in the last issue. Because I love that. Period. Mm. Yeah. You're right. Burnham does it way better than Paquette here in the second panel on this history page. It's just sort of like it just doesn't really have ends. It just sort of like <laughs> fades into non-existence. Yeah, just it's just some smeary, some smeary marks. This is a weird character for Morrison to have. Like he'll either go in this run thus far, he'll go like real psychological weird or like quasi mystical. Like it took a long time to figure out Dr. Hurt was like mm-hmm. some you know time thing this this guy's like is he more like a bond villain because he's he's kind of mystical but he's also kind of like espionage he's a weird genre mashup of characters that's a good comparison because i agree he's a little bit weird but bondian feels pretty on the money yeah ex-nazi doctor and yeah heading up spiral seems more like a hellboy character indiana jones yeah Yeah. i want to i want to know why did the united nations agree to let this guy <laughs> had a spiral. Okay, well, so yeah. Okay, let's let's talk about auto nets here, and let's not talk about what we learn about the latter half of auto nets later on in this issue. But okay, so he was a Nazi scientist who then bails on that betrays to become. Them. Okay, he betrays them to become a spiral person. He's Agent Zero. We know that. Mm-hmm. Then what? But. I guess we just don't really know about Spiral's motivations. No. Um, but yeah, like to go from a Nazi doctor to like the head of Spiral, which we also know Gaucho is a part of, it creates, I am confused, like uh, what well, is Spiral? He, first, he he betrays the Nazis to work for Britain or for England. Okay. And then he's he's involved with the Falkland Islands. And then he goes to Spiral, I think. And then he's imprisoned on the Falkland Islands after that for whatever he does. I, I don't know how he gets there, but he's, in prison there so i think he's just like maybe changes who he is every time but he looks like this mysterious character well he also Hmm. like that that was a thing that after world war ii uh all these scientists went to other countries and were generally welcomed and i heard particularly argentina is where a lot of like nazi doctors went into hiding well that yeah that's that's where they went into hiding but even before that like hitler had served his purpose and my discoveries made me very welcome in england after the war is what he says so like after the war he was like oh hitler made me do it i'm a good guy i'm i just do this sciencey stuff or whatever or the the archaeological stuff so i'll work for you guys and he ended up I don't, I don't I don't know that we are told why he goes into Argentina, but I don't think that he was necessarily uh, chased out of somewhere. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, I think this is all his master plan of using whatever agency's resources to get Ouroboro. <laughs> right. You know, and he'll lie, cheat and steal and be whoever he needs to be to get there. But it seems weird that they're like, let's have this this guy head our new spy agency whoever spiral is are they american i don't think i think if anything they seem like some british guys roman you just made a mouth look um Ooh. The, well they're not american well, they, they were formed by the un apparently oh so they're international okay um thing. and so i don't they, know what, i don't know if it was spiral was introduced in this series or if it had already been introduced over in nightwing first jango looked it up yeah. yeah yeah um um so my question is 
Django, you're a guy who's reading this in individual issues. Yes. On the scene after that Same. page of the like, oh, Justin and Sue, cool. On the page after the Nazi history stuff, when when Otto, which Roman loves the name Otto, um, which he pointed out in the perfectly acceptable podcast on a different book several weeks ago and now, <laughs> I heard that one yeah and now he's in this book roman was like i want to be called Otto. it's um, the same forwards and backwards yeah i love it he was a character in rocket power i loved him okay my it, question Bob. is issues readers the panels where he poisons the doctor are there three of them or two of them three of them okay cool well okay interestingly look at the left one that one is black to you it's red mm -hmm. to me oh so wow. my question is I am very confused about that scene. I have no idea. He poisoned this doctor, then the doctor dies, and then the doctor is totally fine, and he's drawn as the same doctor that seems to poison himself with like a cyanide capsule up at the top of that lighthouse later on. And that I was really, I couldn't find anybody anywhere who had an explanation for what they thought was happening here. That's, well, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil for that part of the discussion, but the background is all red. Mm-hmm. I think those scenes are uh, Netz's Alzheimer's kicking okay. in. That's, that's what not, I was thinking. Yeah, that's not something that actually happened, but he's imagining that. He thinks it happened. Okay, that was my kind of my working guess, which is like either this is a fantasy of what he wants to happen or it happened in the past and he has dementia, so he is kind of fake remembering a thing mixed with right now or it's what he yeah like wants to happen. At well, first, I, also, I thought it was a, a, a past... Like uh, his his brain mixing times, but I by the time I finished the issue, I decided that it was probably just his him short circuiting in real okay. time. Just what I had to say. Oh, I had a slightly different read, and I don't. It doesn't explain why he gets back up, but he this uh, digitalis uh, is the thing that he poisons him with, mm -hmm. and that's the same thing the spy later says he kills himself with at the end of the issue. So I thought, like, maybe he gave him that. It poisoned him. He got back up somehow, and that's what he uses to kill himself uh, when he's talking to Batman. Because I think he says something about Digitalis again. He does, yeah. That word comes up more than once for sure. The thing that I took away from that page on my first read was that an umbrella looks like the spiral i thought so too well, with the, the eye in the middle yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> i think it's really interesting that that first of those three panels was recolored for this omnibus i yeah. have the batman incorporated absolute edition it came out like two years before this i'm curious if it was recolored for that mm. or when the decision was made to recolor it i'm really interested in like part of me now wants just like the science experiment of like page for page go through the omnibuses and the issues in the right order and just see how many things are subtly changed throughout all of this and like was it morrison or was it an editor like at what point did they all sit in a room right. and decide like this should be different yeah because there was i mean there was that one that we found just a few issues ago where they're they're talking about like they're quoting the original issue of detective yeah. comics and I think it was they, batman the return they misquote it in the first one in, in, the in the issues, and then they correct it in the reprints. In this scene where he is talking to this doctor and he says, hey, give this note to my daughter. And I, I think it is really interesting. They do point to it not too long after this, but all of the people on the Falkland Islands are brought here through a connection with Kathy Kane. 
and Daedalus is her dad. And he's like, give this note to her. But so there's this weird, like, I guess at this point, I'm like, is he actually her dad? I don't for sure know. Mm-hmm. It seems like he is, but um, I don't trust him. But then anyway, the note that he gives him is this interesting, not quite Ouroboros design. It's like a thing you could just sort of do with strings to like tie these fake knots, but interesting design there. It seems to be three colors or like three elements or things tied together, but it also looks a lot like an Ouroboros. Roman, you are um, of the Falkland Islands. Is that some sort of Celtic knot that uh, has a long history of bad guys using in myths? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it ties into the the old the ancient Celtic settlements Arthurian. on the Falcon Falcon. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I was <laughs> like I was like, he's either doing it or not, but just say Arthurian, you know, tie it back Arthurian. somewhere. What what I what I really before I move on these two yeah. pages, one of the things I liked is since Jeff you brought up the umbrella, I like the little visual nods they threw in here to um British spy uh shows. Because like the umbrella from the Avengers, but that panel at the bottom of that first history page with Daedalus and Spiral symbol behind him. But we've also got, I think, Sean Connery Bond and Steed mm-hmm. and Mrs. Peel there. Yep. Just indicating what <laughs> the kind of spy things genre we're dealing with. And actually, I didn't even think about it, but like I got the Zardoz reference several pages from now because of the two of you. But even in just thinking about it, he says Zardoz, and it's like, oh, Sean Connery was Zardoz, Sean Connery was James Bond, Batman Inc. is kind of a James Bond Batman. There was a weird, like, bringing together of references I didn't think about until just Wait, now. Did I, did I miss a Zardoz reference? Where's yeah, that? you missed a Zardoz reference. Um, I believe it's it's when someone is talking to the hood. It is either um, Batwoman or El Gaucho, maybe? I don't even know what the fuck Zardoz is. It's uh, it's when El Gaucho was talking to him. Zardoz is a really shitty sci-fi movie that had uh, really s- awesome sci-fi. <laughs> Sean Connery in it, but what is particularly famous for is that he's like nude in this like red leather outfit with like a red leather like. There you go. Oh, <laughs> Django has I've just seen shown that. a picture, yeah, yeah uh, of Zardoz <laughs> to Justin, and um, I've looked at that picture a lot. <laughs> wearing your Catwoman outfit. Wearing my Catwoman outfit, or just when I'm relaxing home alone. Do you ever think your computer might have worms? Might have worms. Um, the double page, the double page spread where it just has the title credit of Master Spy, and it begins with like the narration of the hood, kind of leading into it before we see him. I love that division of panels. The top one, I didn't even fully realize it. The plane that's flying, I thought it was just like, you know, weather was making waves, but like the waves are, it's like the jet stream in water because of the force and like the way that it's drawn is is perfect. We mentioned it last week. Nathan Fairbairn's colors are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, He, I I really associate him with the Chris Burnham's and the Frank Quitely's of the world, but even on Yannick Paquette's art, he makes Paquette's art look way different. Like who is the colorist for the first two issues of this run? It's got to be a different person. I would think I'll check Uh, it out. I love uh, the hoods. Pulpy, pulpy, pulpy dialogue here. Like he's narrating (laughs) probably. I I wouldn't be surprised if that's taken almost directly from a James Bond novel. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like just just the way that it's written, it's I don't know, it's just a, a mouthful of hard boiled. You know, Morrison fucking loves that too. He loves writing in dialect or in you know character like pieces like or time pieces like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is another Morrison thing where you have to kind of like 
think about how they're saying it rather than just reading it, you know? Mm -hmm. I want my comics to be entertaining. I don't want to have to think about them to enjoy them. <laughs> I was wrong. Fairbairn has done all of this, but this jet to me is just so like the reds, jet. the reds and the blacks and the blues of that page are it's beautiful. Pointed. It's so fast too. Do you see how fast it is? Oh, it looks like aggressive. Batwoman. It does look like Batwoman. But it's got Guilty confession time. I've never read Batwoman Elegy. I read, unfortunately, oh I read the Batwoman run that started after it. That is kind of historically not as good as Elegy. Mm -hmm. um, because I, I didn't then, read Elegy. Yeah, because then Rucka gave the writing duty to J.H. Williams III, and it kind of was stayed pretty. But I've never read Elegy. So, you know, we get really a big... Get it. Yeah, I, got, I didn't really get it. I didn't get it. This scene has you know, Batwoman talking to the Hood. Bat the Hood arrives at this island where Batwoman already is. Do we learn here explicitly, or is this through inference that the Hood is has been assigned to infiltrate Batman Incorporated? I don't um, think we learn that specifically. Yeah. He okay. says it later, That's later in the He's, issue. Yeah, later in. Sorry, but in this issue, we do learn that explicitly. He yeah. says it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love her bluff on this first. Bit where oh, she's I do like, too. Yeah, an experimental satellite weapon is positioned directly overhead, and then later I fell like, for. Nah, it. I was just kidding. I was like, wait, if they have that, then why is any of this happening? Like, why is this a threat? <laughs> you know, like they could stop wars, they could find Deadlitus and like pinpoint him and blast them. I was like, that what? This is stupid. And then she bluffs, and I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that would be kind of a, a plot breaking thing to have a weapon that strong, you know? Wow. So is this before or after the whole brother eye storylines? This is after. 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 Yeah. Okay. But you're right. They had, they had that. Yeah. 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 Um, Wade, Batman you were too that. powerful. You can't write that stuff. <laughs> um, this this scene with the Batwoman in the hood, I really I like it. I like the I like meeting the hood character. He's incredible design he is an older character from back in the day um, i like the hood yeah form you know based on robin hood but the character design is amazing it reminds me of Azrael. um yeah and like a crusader yeah 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 exactly Django. um on that the first shot of uh the hood and batwoman talking together mm -hmm. if you go down half <clears> the page <throat> there you see her dad being the alfred guy on the computer yeah we ring up a lot of barcodes. Isn't that a nice barcode on the screen there? They got a really good, well-placed barcode for oh, the yeah, hood that, there. That does look a lot like a barcode. <laughs> That's on your front. You wouldn't have to turn the comic over. You wouldn't. Yeah. You don't have to worry if it's in a bag and board beforehand. You can just scan that issue. Pretty good. Bleep. But Pretty I scanned good. that last part. I didn't get the last part. You didn't so get the last couple of again. numbers, so uh, just pulled uh, uh, the series uh, uh. up. Yeah, this is some deep <laughs> comic shop point yeah. of sale database Inval humor. <laughs> Invalid item, my butt. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, I don't want to teach it the barcode. It should know the barcode. <laughs> you guys use Moby to keep track of the inventory in your store. <laughs> so George Cross is the Maverick special government agent that is the hood. He's been sent here. I love this idea that in the Falkland Islands, several superheroes went in, ar you know, arrested, quote unquote, this bad scientist, kept in kitten or at least prisoner on this island in a lighthouse where no one can come or go. I love it. I love the idea of why I love that everyone's coming together here. I don't fully understand like the breadcrumbs to get everybody here. Aren't the most concrete. It's not like, Oh, right. Logically Batwoman's journey would take her here. Logically the hoods would logically Batman's would. 
Um, it's kind of just like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, there's there's an explanation. Roman's looking at me like, Jeff, you're a dumbass. It's comics, buddy. There's a great explanation. For no, that. no, I, I was I was thinking, no, you're right. It does it doesn't quite hold up, but you know, just like those episodes of the Avengers and some Bond movies, and yeah, don't think about it too hard. <laughs> it's just so crazy to go from a run that is so meticulous. Point. You know, like it's not it's not Watchmen in that the pin was set on the table in the script and we make sure oh. it's there all the time. But it's meticulous in the way that, like, I believe that there's a motivation for everyone being in the rooms that they're in at any given time. And this one is just sort of like, all right, we did that. Let's have some fucking fun. We're going to the Falklands. <laughs> you can like, I, I, you I, can come up with a reason. That yeah, they all exactly. This out. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I, and I did like that, you know, when the hood's talking about that team of superheroes that got wiped out that we actually did see that happen in flashback mm-hmm. like three four issues ago well Batwoman's chasing kathy kane right to here because she has some connection so we just have to assume that she's doing some real good detective work and all, she got here yeah all of them must have just found a really good clue right yeah. like batman <laughs> and el gaucho i don't know exactly how they knew that she was headed here but i'll just assume one of the computer screens had falkland islands blinking on it or something batman yeah. was kneeling and touching the ground when he figured it out Dude, there is some great Batman that investigating <laughs> shots in this issue. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> those classic shots of Batman in his cape hunched over something looking at it. Let's are we going to yeah. talk about Scorpiona's head stinger? Yeah, we got to talk tail about stinger. The, the Scorpiona helmet is really good. And boys, those two helmets you've just described are one and the same. That tail comes out of her head. I know. It is... Yeah. <laughs> one of the more Gotta be heavy. awesome character designs and butt centric. It's very butt centric. Yeah, her reels. Have... Oh, go ahead. Roman. She must have like adamantium reinforcement in her neck. <laughs> in her neck. Yeah, to say, that's her superpower. <laughs> I think it like, maybe it's like doc Ock where it's got like a computerized spine, you know, it's Dude, like an- well, slightly animatronic. I just created my own bullshit. Like, well, what if there's like a sort of gyroscopic thing in there where it is that it is always balancing for the gravity of where it is. So what if it's always mechanically trying to like put more weight in the front, if it's mm-hmm. back so that it doesn't like, you know, there's maybe there's something that it's like the cockpit in lost in space. When Joey from friends is fighting yeah. things and it keeps going around. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I wish to watch that movie soon, Justin. Um, yeah. I really like that Batwoman, you know, like she's not, incredibly pale it's makeup but she gets her costume torn here and the skin that you see underneath it is that pale pale skin i love this idea that like no it's not makeup batwoman just hangs out in the dark all the time <laughs> Queen of the vampires. hella goth yeah hella goth um it is very butt centric because i imagine scorpiana has to do a lot of squats oh yeah to and i what is her like the thing her neck brace like is it it's just placed on top of her shoulders but it looks like it goes into her skin like she's a robot with human skin peeled over it mm-hmm. like it's a really weird look in a couple shots i'm like is that it's metal at least looks metal how does that stay on her head yeah, you're you're totally right a lot of the shots are just like it's this metal thing that goes down around the neck and then just put a black border around it like a costume yeah. fabric or something <laughs> right. and we'll assume like it's just a thing you put on it's smooth I guess it's just that core strength from the squat. She can just balance it on her head at all times. But Batwoman throws Scorpiona into that electric fence and just kills all electric. I I think it's a death. That seems like a death, right? Oh, is she killed? No, she's no, not she killed she makes some. Yeah, she's, she's, she makes a yeah. Gixson sound. She's, she's yeah. moaning later. Okay, it's cool, it's cool, right. it's cool. It knocked out the uh, the 
the grid the on that panel too that the security right around that point i but had to be pretty, like yeah oh I, I just thought well that seems pretty lame for the security if that's all it takes is to knock something into knock it. a scorpion woman out <laughs> yeah, throw a rock at it <laughs> it was right around this point that i was like i don't feel like i've seen batman in several pages i was like this mm-hmm. whole fight doesn't have batman and i had to go backwards and i was just like he just says keep her busy i'm going in and disappears yeah. and then on the <laughs> next page we then see him with dr nets the security guard who's been guarding him who should have died if he was poisoned in the red panels but hasn't been pan- poisoned in the red panels here uh, Batman trailing the doctor and auto nets climbs up this giant lighthouse. There's a huge bomb up there that is powered by the hammer that they had from that first super team two issues ago. What I really liked is that two issues ago and that super team going in scene, mm-hmm. when we are introduced to the dude with the hammer, he's like, you all know that my hammer like glows with this power in the light of evil. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's almost like now that that hammer has been stolen and is being used explicitly for evil, like maybe the power that internally has to light itself in response to evil now that it's being used as evil is constantly generating that energy source. And that's why this bomb will work is the mechanism I made in my head. That's a a good explanation. Like it's radiating from being in such proximity to evil that it's like hot with, you know, evil energy. I meant meant, Roman. I meant to look up to see if, if that's like something from the legends, because the hammers that Mr. Albion had is, um, it looks like a Thor's hammer, but it's actually the hammer of Wayland Smith, who was it's very a, Celtic. Yeah, but Wayland Smith was a specifically English, Anglo-Saxon, I guess originally. Um, God damn, mythic mythic hero, and he and he had and he had a hammer, but I don't know. I didn't look it up to find out if his hammer glowed in the myths. If they took Who's- that from. The- we sit and talk to Roman about comics all the time, and I just forget that he's like incredibly well versed about a bunch of other things as well. Well, I don't hey, know Roman, why he won't tell us about that Celtic knot. He clearly knows the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, Roman, because because if day. I told if I told you during a audio recording, it'll, it'll open up a portal. It'll, it'll stop my things. Heart. Things will come through that we don't want to come through. I googled the matron, which is the person that the hood is talking to all the time, and if, a reference, uh, if it's a reference to Mother, who was the the first matron, is a male <laughs> individual who was head of the British secret intelligence agency known as They, but was truly loyal to the espionage organization Spiral. However, the second matron was Helena Bartonelli in the Prime Earth universe. Ooh, wow. I looked that up. Thought you'd like that, Roman. Also, um, also did a bunch of recon on the hood, um, but sounds like everyone knows oh. who that guy is. Asriel. I didn't. Wow, that's cool. I didn't. I didn't. A spawn villain. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I, yeah. Comic I didn't shop that. humor, man. We <laughs> all loved that one. That was awesome. It's so true. I didn't know the thing about uh, Earth Two Huntress. I think it was Helena Bart- Bertinelli. Yeah. Yeah. In the no, Prime Universe, it's also a reference to Mother. I think was the Mother. head of the secret organization that steed and mrs peel worked for okay and they are they were the avengers right yeah they were the, okay, the yeah, avengers yeah. and i and grant morrison wrote some avengers comics too yeah. and it's yeah, also I the head some. of kombucha oh mother. right the yeah. scurvy mother man whatever day i hope that there's a podcast where that whole thing is recorded of how oh. the scoby mother is it, does yeah, it, it exist? Is. there's an intro yeah okay good <laughs> justin we've had some very good comedic bits over the last it, it is for sure. if you like if you like the four of these people on this podcast everyone should listen to the perfectly acceptable podcast if you don't because it is a fair amount of fun i do love the lighting up here they're in this lighthouse that's just illuminated green by this hammer and then bat the dude's like you can't knock that out of there it's in there and he's like i can't 
bat plane be a war bat jet and blow this thing up and that's when we get an incredible bat jump yeah, yeah i'm impressed the bat plane has a war mode i want to see more of the war mode yeah I've been playing Batman Arkham Knight because our friends Will Elmer and Andrew Carlson bought it for me, but it introduces the Batmobile as a playable thing within it, and there's a war mode. that It's very, very cool. <laughs> so um, did, did the henchman, who turns out to actually be part of like a special intelligence unit, did he kill himself there? That's the vibe I got. It was like, because yeah, he doesn't get punched, he like bursts a cyanide capsule in his mouth or something. Well, I think he's using that digitalis thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like he was poisoned by nets in a way that maybe he could get up and use that against Batman. Cause we find that they're the kind of reveal of this issue is they are connected. Um, Cause he goes digitalis. And yeah. he says the thing that he says. So I feel like somehow um, there was some missing connective tissue that he was poisoned given that thing in the insulin pen, but somehow was meant to survive it so he could use it against the Batman. That makes sense but, to me. But there is the classic, it, it really bad in this issue, the classic thing that Django hates, like like that Morrison could cognitive leap you have to make. Mm-hmm. It is there's a lot of filling you have to do yep. in this issue. Yep. I was confused as fuck until I just I, was like, okay, I'm gonna make up things to just fill it in. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like read it and then what I've been doing on these Batman and corporate issues is reading it and then just going back through without reading any text, but just trying to make sure I understand why every panel moves to the next panel. And this one definitely as we're globe trotting and as we're actually physically changing location so drastically, I I, I totally agree that that has been a larger part of it. I really loved when Nets refers to Batman as like, I knew that the snow was falling and like you're here time shifter or something like that. Mm -hmm. He refers to them as like a time time traveler. And it's just kind of like the first real reference we've had within the story of like, yeah, Batman went through time. We should, he's a time, he's a time traveler. Let's talk about that shit. He's a demigod at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to know why, how Nets knows that. He's I mean, he's in. got some mystical Pretty shit mysterious. going on. Mysterious. Yep. I don't understand this, like, why he always talks about the snow and what that what significance that has. Well, you mentioned like nuclear winter last time, and I think right. that there's maybe. And I, I think that that feels good to me. Yeah, it feels, but, you feel good to me, Justin. Oh God, I feel good here in the nuclear snow. But why does he feel it in the snow? What does he feel that makes Batman a time? There's like a a hole in things, I guess. Yeah, he a hound in things. Brain also isn't working super great. Well, yeah, and that's and not we haven't, him. We haven't really talked too much about that yet. But like the dementia in this, like this guy has dementia. We learn that then Auto Nets is not this guy. But this is a different person, and then Autonets has been extracted by Leviathan, who we don't know for sure that is yet. And this is just maybe his captive or something. We don't know when that switch happens. I don't know. I love I'm I'm conflating some bits of Leviathan strikes with this issue itself and tying some things together that aren't there. But like the dementia thing is a thing I've remembered, and I really mm-hmm. like there is some like difference in time pace that happens between now and then or something, but I loved this idea of somebody trapped in their own dimension. A genius. Like, yeah, a, gen- a genius trapped in their own mm-hmm. thing. I was just, I rewatched the first episode of Grey's Anatomy last night, season one, episode one. It's the <laughs> same story, you know, like a brilliant surgeon trapped with dementia, not remembering they're a surgeon. And like, 
what an interesting way, like an arch villain trapped in trying to make their perfect death trap happen eternally because they don't remember that it. it such right. a cool idea, and I don't really exactly remember where the dementia, how it comes back into this, but. Yeah, and when was it, like, I remember that from Leviathan Strikes and how that, you know, that becomes a larger plot piece later mm-hmm. in that in that little issue, but has they are, have they already said that Dr. Deadlidus has dementia? They did in this issue. Oh, well, okay. Like cool. Alzheimer's. I'm, they just said yeah. he's senile. Oh, did they? I thought it was like, I thought that even the word Alzheimer's was mentioned, they, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, and they use Alzheimer's at this final scene, Batwoman and uh, what's his name? Um, the hood. The hood. Talking about the hood says it. Alzheimer's. Okay. Oh, there. Back, back to the jump. It really seems like somehow, <laughs> you know, most people jump with their legs, but here Batman somehow jumped with his chin, like it's like angling him. Yeah, oh. or like his his chest is where. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I totally agree. What a fucking jumper. Yeah. Oh. He's trying to he's trying to look like a bat even more. I know. I mean, he looks great, but it's almost like he can angle it, like he can propel himself with his chin, like he uses that to catch the wind. Yeah, it's like no. it's kind of like a reverse rudder on a boat or something. Yeah, was, the rudder was the word I was trying to get. It's a bat rudder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bat rudder. Um, we find out Daedalus has been left. He's been recruited by Leviathan. They're together. We still don't know who Leviathan is. Batman knows. They're on the case of those two. We're very excited now to know more about Dr. Daedalus but, and Leviathan together. They've linked up. They've linked forces. There's a dementia ring around the world. Bad stuff happening. But we get a three-page prologue or epilogue, I guess. Nope, prologue. It says prologue. You're right. It's an ep prologue. Ep prologue. It's a prologue for the next part of the story. Yeah, it's prologue to Leviathan getting mean. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. So I do like the last part where we figure out Batman knows and he realizes the glasses are a camera. I think yeah. that that shouldn't be skipped over because he's real detective like and he's doing his, you know, I'm Batman and I know I'm fucking badass. So I'm going to threaten these people. Um, and then both we see Leviathan for the first time and Dr. Deladis, they like talk about Batman in a way where it like they seem pretty like powerful and wide reaching themselves because they're not super afraid of Batman. They're kind of like calling him prideful and that he's making mistakes and shit. And I do love the de- line of dialogue as those two are conversing when he's explaining again that like I a ring around the earth and Leviathan says, You said, I do hope you're not repeating yourself, Air Doctor. Like, mm-hmm. so. Yes, the dementia thing is still going, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I really like that. I love that, really. I think that, like, exploring, a you know, a villain with dementia is a, is a really cool idea. Yeah, and, you know, you can tell that Deadlidus has fought in really powerful foes before because he says that flicker of pride in the corner of his lips there's when he thinks he has the measure of his opponent. Um, he will have a cause to remember that moment. Like, you know, he, he knows what he, he's seen all this before. "Quote unquote." How did they get on a, a Star Wars Empire ship? I was just I gonna know. say they are in the room in Cloud City where Luke loses his hand, and yeah. like Boba, like they're that's the physical space that they're in with all those square light red. I, I didn't even think about that until just now, right before you said that's bizarre. That's how um, far-reaching uh, uh, Leviathan is. Yeah, a galaxy Leviathan far, far is. away. Far, far um, away and a long time ago. We see we see our like Celtic dick trio wrapped around each other again on, yeah. on the screen. I I think around the just, world. Yeah, I think that's just a stylized Ouroboros Celtic yeah. knot, the, the Midgard serpent, all that. 
Yeah, I'm with you there, but it uh, kind of looks like uh, Doug Trio's from Pokemon doing the uh, humans, the Doug Trio Centipede. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a Doug Doug Trio Centipede. <laughs> and you just put the idea of a hentipede in my head, and I wish you oh, had <laughs> pretty much that tentacles eating each other. This scene it's got batwing from the new 52 and he sees a bunch of kids in a different country and they are being trained by leviathan that leviathan symbol behind the the teacher have we seen that yet it's a watchman reference i mean it's also like a inverted i think it's the inverted uh heart chakra wait wait is it a watchman reference no but uh, there's there's a there's a triangle poster in the watchman that I got a Watchmen reference tattooed on my body. <laughs> um, but all of this is this like, sorry, Roman, please. you. So, sorry, Justin. But Justin, going back, what it's the inverted heart chakra, you said? I, it's definitely like meant to look like a chakra. And I, I don't know exactly if that's the symbol inside the heart chakra, but it looks like an inverted heart mm-hmm. chakra, which would make sense because they're fuck, fucked up and evil as shit. And, and to like to strengthen that argument that like they've got the lotus blossoms seem to be extending beyond it um mm-hmm. uh, which is you know pretty into chakra representation kind of uh swastika vibes also oh, for sure you yeah, know the like the red, the red and black and white and the the square edges what i think is really interesting in these final three pages is that we have an adult acting as Leviathan to brainwash children to be with Leviathan. And mm-hmm. in the Batman return issue that we saw, that same thing happened with Farouk's son. He says like, Hey, Leviathan and kills his dad. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I think there's something in here about corporate branding, having an effect on children and like oh, Batman sure. incorporated sure. is like a universal global branding of Batman having an effect on children and Saturday morning cartoons affecting children and, you know, parents worrying about the effect of them on children. Yeah. So that's the Batman incorporated sign. Yeah. And then the Leviathan side is other adults brainwashing in a negative way, children to act counter to how they've been raised. And I think that, I think that this all kind of to project evolves a little bit from his, conversations about sigils and branding and corporates mm-hmm. uh, or sorry corporations and chaos magic like he's talked about you know universal branding having an effect on children in the past and i think that that you know i think this batman incorporated idea is a little bit more uh leveled than simply just like batman wanted to expand all of his stuff like, I, I think it is kind of a conversation about um not brainwashing, but like, you know, bringing people into an idea when Batman's not something just Batman, but it's like a brand. Brandwashing. Yeah, right. this is, it's sort of incorporated versus Leviathan as a brand war is what Batman Incorporated is sort of about. Right. It's like two memes fighting for dominance. But I also think like they're using the same tactics that Batman are using, like the indoctrination of the youth. You know, Batman always takes a ward and. Makes him put Brainwash. the man on the Bible. And- yeah. yeah. Uh, starves him in a cave. Um, <laughs> you know, they're doing a similar thing. They're taking children and make you know, fighting the wars with the youth. I just got to say, I like Batwing as a character, but what a horrible, horrible character design his very first costume was. Yeah. Like the- he's got like weird robotic bat ears on his head, but mm-hmm. and then he's got like a Gundam suit with, or sorry, an Iron Man suit with wings. 
Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And he's, if he can fly, why does he hitch a ride with Batman's jet at the end panel? Oh yeah, you're right. He's got, I think, well, I think the implication is he can't, he can fly, but not for super long distances. (laughs) He just boost. Yeah. 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 I can, I can work with that. It's also the perfect segue to just be like, Batwing has been doing this except for wait, no, now Batman's here and I'm helping you out. And I've known about all this all along. Also, how long does he have to get towed by Batman before he gets in the plane? Right. Yeah. All the way back to Gotham. Yeah. (laughs) That would be horrible too. I mean, even if you're in a great athletic shape, I mean, that would just be, awful it's like just, that suit's got to be hell- heavy just, too yeah just slow down i can't pull myself off I'm getting bugs in my mouth you know like when you drive really fast with the window down in the car it's kind of hard to oh, breathe because yeah. there's so much air he's probably just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah especially because he's only wearing a domino mask <laughs> right he ends up it is second- a ter- it is a terrible costume but the reason i think the reason it's this costume is because it was inspired by one of the that story with the kids around the campfire and one of them imagines an urban type height kind of high tech for like 1971 superhero batman that have that look like this oh really yeah. i mean on the last page it looks a lot like um the costume that his dad wore too yeah oh, yeah the big Lord. wings yeah they they do a redesign later like mm-hmm. even in within his own series and it's one of the coolest batman costumes ever he looks like like a proto batman beyond but it's really clumsy here like yeah this was what 2010 you think you would come up with a better design than that guys i'm so excited i just flipped through very briefly some of the images from our next issue and we get tractor is back love tractor track tractor it's all chris burnham and i remember that that is, is awesome it has a great moment um where uh yeah Bruce is on the internet acting against Bat. Anyway, uh, can't wait! Can't wait to get there. Does your yeah. collection include ruins? What's that? Uh, it's a Batman Arkham City special sneak preview by Paul. <laughs> oh wow, Deaner. No man, talk the about it. The shortfall, the shortcoming of the omnibus. Yeah, that's why you do. I'm issues, missing, bro. I'm missing wow. a several page preview to a series that was canceled. I've read that. <laughs> I. I looked at it this morning and I was like, wow, that art is cool. I must have missed that page. (laughs) (laughs) Was it worth it? My soft cover doesn't have it either. Did it have the big Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern ad on it? (laughs) (laughs) Not this one. The green band across the top. (laughs) (laughs) But the issues don't have the cool back matter. You have back matter? The the hardcover back matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's also in the trade paperback. Oh, nice, nice, nice. That cover. God, look at all them flags. This back matter. I hate that cover. <laughs> I know. That's what I was trying to incite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Okay. Well, that seems like a pretty thorough rundown for Batman Incorporated number five. Batman. I felt like this was the most confused out of any issue I've read of this series thus far. All fifty three slash sixty seven. This one actually. Okay. Sorry, Roman. Go. Oh no. I was, I was going to say it, it's supposed to be because I read. Doc Walk's essay on it after I read it, and he talks about Did you about do it how... while you were pooping? No, I read issue six while I was pooping, though, this morning. Nice. But what did he um, talk about, Roman? But he talks about how it's, it's this convoluted um, lab, lab... I always mispronounce this Labyrinthian. word. Lab, yes, that. Um, um, Storylines all coming in, all circling around each other, and, and like Ouroboros and 
they don't necessarily all kind of make sense in the tiny details so the story is kind of the maze of death yeah i was i mean like for me this issue felt like of the last three this kind of gave me an idea of like and it's kind of morrison fashion you kind of hang out with a puddle of ideas until you realize while you're there and they start to form a direction or something and this one to me was like the last two issues have been like okay we're seeing kate kane and then dr daedalus i don't know what that is and this one at least for me like okay here's sort of a direction like it linked up daedalus and leviathan and it kind of like that part even like two issues ago when we had the weird like daedalus flashback with the superheroes going in like that issue was was particularly yeah for me was like why and what are these and this one like while i do think there are things missing and you do have to sort of make some assumptive leaps I was finally like, okay, these two bad guys are lined up. These good guys are over here. We've got a, I've got a direction or at least a moral compass. Yeah. I, uh, I just, I guess I'm kind of lost on like the significance of the Falkland islands and why Mm. we're spending so much time swirling around that just to have Deadlitus not even be there. Yeah. Roman, do you know more about it? Like, so what I read is that the Falkland islands with Argentina and Europe is kind of that your that country's equivalent to the Tonkin Bay within Vietnam and America. And both of them kind of re- represent a moment with which it was sort of a powder keg moment that spun the countries involved in it forward into a larger thing. Um, mm. Is it, I know more about the Bay of Tonkin than I know about the Falkland Island stuff, but I read a couple different places tying the the sort of moral, emotional thing of the Tonkin Island and the Falkland Island things together. But I don't know if that's that, true. That's just what I read. That makes sense. I mean, I don't know much about either one of them, um, ex- except that when I looked it up, reading the story, when I looked it up briefly, I was surprised that the Falkland Islands war was only a month or something or or like three days a week something like that because when i was a kid i remember hearing about it and of course you know being an american kid i was like yeah falcon i didn't even bother finding out where that was but i I, my memory is that went on for forever like for at least a year hearing about it vaguely in the news so yeah it was some it really affected both countries and it was a long-standing argentina and britain like both claiming that this these islands were part of, you know, one place or the other, and I guess they right. still kind of debute it, uh, de- debate about it um, now. And in fact, the actual war that we all heard about that was never actually officially declared a war, but that's what it was. It was just it was, but yeah, it was a big, huge thing that affected British national character and Argentinian national character, and still is. Well, I like the idea that that this conflict brings us to the larger thing in Batman Incorporated. Right. Like, and to do it in that location maybe means something to yeah. Morrison. Yeah. I wonder if, so the Falkland Islands are around Argentina, right? Yeah. They're, they're s- South of South America, I think. So then it's also like maybe just kind of the convenience of, uh, Daedalus Autonets left the Nazis and went to Argentina mm-hmm, as right. a place that doctors went to, although he, I guess he was celebrated in Europe. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Justin. I think even like the presence of the, the location of the Falkland Islands is a little bit of that. I can 
I guess I can make up a couple reasons why we're here. Right. But and we I, just spent spend a lot of time going after this prisoner that ends up not even being the guy. Like, yeah. why is everyone worried about this dude trapped on the island and like they're all chasing him down and he's defeating him? But like, that's not even our man. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, but they were more worried about the hammer, I think, which was a yeah. battery to the ultimate weapon. And then I was reading just like people being confused about like, it is not our man. But at what point did he stop being our man? Because like somebody was saying that, like, it has to have been right before Batman showed up that this dude was extracted because he's speaking with speech balloons up into a point, And then we only hear him speaking through an audio recording. So like, oh. like I do think he was there until just recently and was probably extracted, you know, very close to the moments. The Leviathan saved his ass. Yeah. That Leviathan saved him. Um, but yeah, it is, you know, it's a little bit of like a, you just sort of like, I guess I'll make a, a logic jump as to, you know, but I, I also think that even just, you know, because as so often when you say things, that makes me think of things. But then it made me think of like that kind of confusing thing is all, it kind of like I do think I didn't read the Doc Walk read on this issue. But Roman, you, what you were saying implied to me that like it kind of gives us that own feeling of being in the head of someone with dementia. Right. Like not being able yeah. to suss out what is happening and not happening, or did this doctor get poisoned or not poisoned, or am I here? Like I think I'm here for the first time, but what if I'm not here? Like what if I keep doing this moment and like in this issue several times they say like, "Well, stop me if I'm repeating myself." And like, mm -hmm. there's this weird fallibility, I think, on the reader's perception standpoint of like what is real or what is the first time or, and you know, I. I to me, I got, yeah, before talking to you guys, I had a more simplified idea of just like, it's kind of like a meditation on dementia and just sort of this feels a little bit like that maze. Um, and then we talked and got a lot of other stuff out of it. But I do think in my brain, there's still a little kernel of that there. Yeah, we're kind of yeah. caught in the oh, yeah, web I, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think all of that fits. The dementia, the web, the maze, everything. I just wish that it would be a little more clearly linked to the upcoming conflicts that come out. Like, Welcome to my relationship with Grant Morris. I know that's, I said this <laughs> the first time I felt the Django, like this, this isn't quite connecting for me. So I read it seven times faster and way worse. And imagine how lost I always feel. That Whoa. feels like it just, this, this feels like, and even all of that feels a little bit like, and I was talking recently about his Green Lantern run, but it's almost sort of like he was, you know, he wrote this big chunk and he's like, well, I've got a, I've got an idea for another story. I can just sort of turn this into that. Mm -hmm. And I think writers do that often. For sure. Especially comic writers. And I think at times I'm sort of like, that's a great idea. I would read that. Maybe stop the other one and start a new one. You know, like. Right. Um, they did. Well, they did, yeah, and <laughs> and I, you know, I'm loving this, and these issues like really do start ramping it up. I think the first couple were rough for me, but this, you know, we're linking it to some larger stuff that I am digging. But you yeah, know I that mean, I, from even the next issue, we start to kind of get on a solid footing of like, yeah. okay, this is where the story's going at least. Yeah, but it does. I, I do agree. I almost feel like, yeah, dude, writing Batman gave you this great idea for another Batman story, but it's pretty different, and like, mm -hmm. you know maybe waiting six months and then starting a mini series or something. Um, 
you know, like the Green Lantern thing, but other, like a ton of other writers do that thing. It's just like, when does a, a ongoing series end or when do you allow it to become a new ongoing series? And I think it's just one of the, the sort of inherent parts of comic booking or ongoing storytelling. Right. I guess I really enjoy once the chess game starts being played in this run, mm-hmm. you know, where moves are being made against each other, but I didn't understand it then. And I guess I still don't quite know how and why the chessboard is being set, like what we're supposed to take away from this that leads to, you know, the eventual back and forth between Leviathan and Batman and how their plans are working. That stuff becomes really entertaining and really fun. Like, you know, they're each kind of moving, like making their chess moves, but the setting up of the board of this whole story feels a little harder to grasp than RIP and Batman and Robin, where it was a little more fluid into each other. I agree. We'll just have to go back and reread these first five issues after we're done with the rest of the series. We just got to stretch this podcast, Jeff. We got to stretch it. Well, when, we, <laughs> when we do our sequel one, um, Batman in the K-Hole, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> we'll all have a different understanding of it. Um, God, we've gone we've gone long today, um, but I have two emails from Andrew that we're going to read next time, and I'm excited to, and one is titled El Gaucho. So um, mm. excited for that stuff. But everybody, we've got a good one. I'm going to go get this podcast up for us right now. And mm. uh, this Ooh, was baby. episode 59 of Batman Incorporated. Nope, this was episode 59 of Batman in Quarantine, episode <laughs> issue five of Batman Incorporated, <laughs> volume one. <laughs> Lots of... Am I, is this a K-hole? Roman, do you have any finishing thoughts for us, you ancient, gorgeous sea mariner? Finish him. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I don't really. I was looking at, I'm sorry, I was looking ahead and realized that Tractors. issue, eight, issue eight of Batman Incorporated is is like my most hated art of this entire Morrison few years. Well, did you So we have that to look forward the to. The Clown at Midnight? It's the digital one, and it's the same style of art as that horrible Clown at Midnight that Django and I just did together yeah, but at the that one beginning was, of this. But luckily that was mostly text, so you could ignore yeah. the art. <laughs> you're right. You're right. This is actually using that art as infer- visual information. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. <laughs> we'll all sit together and smoke cigarettes and drink whiskey and talk negative about it. <laughs> nah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, it's, a, it's a curse upon my eyes. <laughs> well, in that case, everyone, I love all of you. It was great to see you. Thank you for being here. And on behalf of Roman, Django, and Justin, I'm Jeff. This was Batman in Quarantine, and we'll see you all on Monday for another rousing episode, Batman Incorporated number six, not the, not the digital art one. <laughs> yes. Yes.